Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone. As he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, now up to, to bat, Brett Boone. In our respective occupations, there was a moment I had, uh, 1993, and I'm playing for Lou and Ed. Man, we, we start off on the wrong foot, and we're just at each other's throat. And he sends me to the minor leagues, and he's back to the big leagues, and back to the minor leagues. But there was a time at the end of the 93 season. We're in Minnesota. I'll never forget it. And now things are starting to get better. They're starting to click. I'm starting to play well. And Lou's starting to kind of be nice to me, which was, which was rare in those days. But I remember when Minnesota, it's a blowout game. We're winning by eight or nine runs. And it's like the sixth or the seventh inning, and, and Lou took, takes me out of the game. He said, Booney, you're done for the day. Go take a shower. And I remember going and taking a shower, and Griffey and Buner got taken out of the game at the same time, and those guys were my guys. I mean, they were established players. And I'm sitting there taking a shower with these guys thinking, I've arrived. I got taken care of. Lou took me out of the game because I'm his guy. And he's going to save me from our, I, I remember that was the greatest shower I ever took. Cause finally, after all this, you know, back and forth and it's like, I'm here, I'm a big leaguer. Now it took that long before I felt like that. And, uh, did you have a moment in your career where you thought I've done it? I'm arrived. I, I arrived. Uh, boy, good question. Uh, well, I took a shower with Jay Buner and and Griffey Jr. Which was t- it was Tino there? Uh, Tino was there. He uh, he was wearing a robe, ironically. I uh, I guess he was a little embarrassed. Uh, yeah, no. Let's see. I'm trying to think. There of you know, uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean, when I it's like, have I arrived? Like. When you I look at when you come home and you look at your wife and your wife gives you that smile like we made it. Was there that moment? Oh, no, I can fill myself with oh, you're right on the verge of this all ending. You are an imposter, which and, isn't a bad thing though. Yeah, no, it just keeps me uh, uh that that's when I feel like uh the road runner just running, just constantly uh wanting to do the next thing um you know when i did uh when we were doing community and we got like our second season i was like okay this thing is freaking working and i i don't think you know it was still the second season is still like i mean because when the pilot got picked up this one writer was like i was she was like Congrats. Now just find a way to get, you know, finish, finish your, finish out your first season without getting canceled. I'm like, Oh, right. Yeah, that can happen. Anything can happen. And, 
I'm trying to think of, I think when Morgan Freeman walked up to me and said, hi, Joel, like I have moments like that where I'm like, oh, hi. Yeah. Or when I was in a, Steve, a scene with Steve Martin, where I was like, I don't know what the hell I did right, but I'm staring at Steve Martin talking to him in this scene. Uh, or like being in The Informant, where got directed by Steven Soderbergh and I'm with Matt Damon and I'm just like, what happened? How did this all happen? Right. This is good. Or when I did the White House Correspondence Dinner. Oh, I want to hear about that. Yeah, now that was one where I was like, this is nuts. I can't believe it. I can't. Like looking out into the audience was like looking out into a wax museum of famous people. Yeah. And I was like, this is the audience. And I was like, yeah, there's Robert De Niro. There's that Dos Equis guy that was everywhere 10 years ago. Hey, there's Russell Wilson. There's Richard Sherman. And, you know, and they were brand new. They hadn't won the Super Bowl. They, were, they had just, they were going into winning the Super Bowl. And uh, I remember just thinking, like, what has happened? And it's like, here's freaking Obama. And uh, and he's telling jokes and, ta and saying my name. I mean, I was just like, what happened? How did, I, how did this all happen? So those were... Those were mountaintop moments, definitely. That that seems to be pretty awesome. You prepare differently for that. I mean, you've you've oh, done yeah. the stand up a million times, been on camera a ton, but you're doing yeah. a correspondence dinner. It's like, well, this is a little more of an important engagement. Yeah, uh, the, it is that I've never been nervous since on stage. Uh, I've never that it burned out any nerve I ever had left to be any, because the amount of pressure that's on you in that moment is pretty high. Then the, you, you wait, I mean, you do all this meeting and greeting, you go meet the president in a private room with like a hundred other VIPs. And there's like De Niro and Zoe Dachanel and the cast of modern family. And they're, like it was and then like every pro athlete uh and so the build-up uh, so the i uh, here's how i prepared like there i was like give them 15 minutes of jokes don't go too long then when you well then you get up there and obama goes up first the president goes up first and he was an amazing joke teller so he always kills and he had done it for a number of years by then. And I was like, dear Lord, this, we knew he was going to be good. And so what I did to prepare, and I asked Jimmy Kimmel, I asked Seth Meyers, uh, I had Conan O'Brien and uh, uh, Craig Ferguson. I asked all these guys, I was like, how did you do Tell me what you did. And they all rehearsed their jokes like they were rehearsing a play. Like they had, I, I just had those jokes. I could, I could almost have told you the jokes by heart. Uh, Cause I had practiced them so many times and I had friends that I would just do the material over and over and over. And so I would I'd do these like mini shows of like, here's this 15 minutes. And so when I finally got up there, I knew what I was doing. It was not, there wasn't a lot of, uh, you know, question as to where I was going with the material. It was, it was just getting to the point where I was, could calm down, not talk too fast, take my time. And, and so I got, when I stood up, I had like a dizzy spell 
And I was just like, oh, you're nervous. Okay, well, that's, you got, that's it. You better go tell some jokes now. And, uh, and it's also, you're the last to perform of the night. And you're the one thing keeping everybody in that room away from their after parties. So it's like the president and then you, and you have to get them good. And uh, so I, I was, uh, you know, I know my, my parents were in it, but the night before I was, I mean, yeah, it was, it was, I've never been in that situation again, but it was, it was bananas. And then I got completely ill afterwards. And everyone's like, because my son was vomiting, almost vomited on the president. He was sick. And we're like, that's weird. Maybe he has food poisoning. And then my wife got sick. We all started getting sick. So it wasn't like it was a big letdown after that because the energy really. And I was like, no, no, no. We got ill. We had like the norovirus or neurovirus. So, uh, yeah, anyway. So that was I'll never forget it. It's almost 10 years ago. Holy crap. I know you're a tennis fan. I know you're a Seahawks fan. Yes. Um, go Mariners. Go Sounders. Go Rain. Go Kraken. Ah, Mariners, come on. I, I'm pulling for them. You know that, but it, it's they're making it difficult. They're making it difficult. Um, okay, one thing for me in movies, you know, I, I love movies. I love entertainers. I love watching anything that's quality. Yeah. <clears throat> but I am ultra, man, I'm picky on a baseball movie. It drives me crazy to watch Hollywood try to make a movie, and I'm like, what are you going to do? Put tobacco in everybody's mouth. And oh, that's what big league players do. And, and I pick it apart. I, I think that's pr probably natural. Anything that's done, yeah. I, you know, as a, you know, your occupation, you're always going to be, well, that's not real. That's not real. Drives me crazy. I think Bull Durham was done well. I think it's most realistic what the minor leagues is like. Of course, if you've got an hour, I can break down every idiosyncrasy that's not correct. But no, overall, I thought it was good. I thought it was entertaining. Yeah. The thing with the the actors is they don't move right all the time. Like that shortstop, he doesn't move like a big league shortstop. So how are you going to sell that to the audience? What I tend to not realize is nobody in the audience knows that's not how he's supposed to move, unless it's really bad, you know, because it, other sports, it doesn't bother me, the movies, but baseball in particular. What's a great Wait, did, did you like Moneyball? I liked Moneyball. Yeah, well, there were some big leaguers. Like the shortstop was uh, Royce Clayton, who played in the big leagues for 10 years. He was a shortstop for the A's, which he never was, but in that movie he was. I thought I thought the story was great, and I've had a lot of guys from Moneyball on. Uh, they said, we thought the story was great. That lived it, you know, that were A's at the time. And they said, yeah, we thought it was great, but this was wrong, this was wrong, this was wrong. But that's that's the entertainment value. It's like you got to fudge a little bit to make a good story. I get that. Yes, I enjoyed uh, the Moneyball story because that was 2002 and the A's chased us down that year and, and went to the playoffs. Well, what what's a baseball movie that you're like, boy, they did not get any of that right? Any of them except for uh, Bull Durham for me. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't like any of them. Oh, I love Bad News Bears. Yes. They got that right. That's my wow. favorite. Uh, uh, that masterpiece and that movie could never get made. <laughs> Joel, do you re do you remember a movie called uh, Mr. Baseball with Tom Selleck? Takes takes place. He was a Japanese player. He he was a star in the in the United States, but he was getting to the end of his career. He had to go to Japan to play and finish his career. And it was the story how. Yeah, I've you know, never seen it. I remember this, but 
Okay. So I'm, a, I'm in college. I'm at USC. And a guy named Doug DeSenses, who was the third baseman for the Angels for years, he's retired now. And they put him in charge of this movie, getting the talent for the movie. So I oh. get a phone. I get a phone call. He's like, Brett, would you, you know, I'm, I just signed. I think, I think I'm an A ball. And he says, uh, they're shooting a movie at, at USC. We'll pay you 200 bucks a day. They just need the, the players in the middle infield to look professional. I said, 200 bucks a day. Yeah. We'll pay for this. And I said, yeah, I'm in. So I go down to USC. Frank Thomas is a rookie in the big leagues at that time. He's the star. Him and Selleck are the two stars. Frank Thomas doesn't know me. I know Frank Thomas because he just won the rookie of the year. I'm an A-ball. He has no clue. So I'm taking ground balls at short. And I got this director. And this is why I brought up the director. He's got an attitude. Oh, no. And he's telling me how the play should look. Okay. And I'm looking at him like this. Well, not fucking guy. This freaking guy. He's got no clue on how to turn a double play. I got him yelling at me. I got Frank Thomas yelling because we're out of sync on turning this double play. And it's a double play scene. I come out after I got Tom Selleck walking around with spikes on thinks he's actually a big leaguer. Oh no. So I've got the, all these bad feelings going on and I go up to DeSensei's after the first day of shooting. I take my uni off. I give it to him. I give him all the stuff. I said, you can take this extra job. And, and you know what I said, walked off the set, never did it again. Cause it drove me so crazy. I got Tom Selleck, an actor pretending that he's a big leaguer for real. I got a director that's got no clue about what he's talking about, telling me how to turn a double play. And I got Frank Thomas, the rookie of the year yelling at me. Cause we're out of sync. I don't need this. So that was my experience on set with a director in did a baseball see, movie. Did you see Frank Thomas? Have you seen him since? Oh yeah. Yeah, no, it, it was funny years later when we played against each other. You know, this is 90, I believe it's 90 or 91, because Frank's probably two years, two or three years ahead of me getting to the big league. So, yeah, years yeah. later, it was a joke and it was fine. But and at the time, play, I, the I didn't expect stuff. anybody to know me. I'm an A-ball, big deal. Yeah, and then he was like, I have these pills that I advertise. That yeah, <laughs> that's great, aren't they? Your manhood. Huh. <laughs> What is that? That is bizarre. Oh, and now they got the uh, the quarterback selling it too. Uh, what's oh, what's his name? Flutie. Flutie. He's doing yeah. They're getting. I mean, it's I when they first. I think it's called Nugenics. Nugenics. Which, which is weird because eugenics is you know a really uh, terrible thing, which is you know a, a pseudoscience <laughs> that the Nazis used. Uh, but now it's called Nugenics. Okay, guys. Uh, and it's all this, uh, the innuendos in those commercials are really, well, it's great because your, your, your girlfriend or your wife will like it too. And Frank winks and gives you that, you know, that, that tooth that sparkles in the, in a commercial. It's great. Yeah. When the girl, the girls are like, you're not a real man, this guy. And I was like, well, yeah, it's Frank Thomas. (laughs) She'll, she'll like it too. He's a, he's like. Seven two. He's gigantic. He's a perfect. He's pro athlete. Anyway, yeah. Boy, could break. It Is does there any- work though. My erections are terrific. That they're awesome. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. 
four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Is there a a sports story that you would make into a movie that hasn't been told? That in your brain go, this would be a really cool story. Sports story. Boy, this is why I am not the... uh person that imagines these things uh i boy i don't know uh that's a really good question uh boy i'm gonna say give me a second why do you think there's a sports story that could be turned into a movie i'll be here all week joel uh no i i i don't that's the that's the entertainer side of me that is the reason i'm I was a baseball player. I guess I am an entertainer. Maybe the the Black Sox and how they got you know that whole scandal. Maybe that. Yeah, I I tend to enjoy. I I like the football stories because I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not sitting there picking apart every move they make because I'm like, oh, that's probably how it is. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. love golf. I love like Bagger Vance. I love uh, movies like that about golf because I I love golf. Golf is oh. my one thing away from baseball. That. If there's a big golf tournament, it's my favorite thing to watch on TV. Bar none. Bar f- football, basketball, anything. Golf. I'll watch golf all day long. So Yeah, I mean, I watched that Serena uh, Williams and Venus Williams movie. And that was really good. Uh, that was really well done. And, and they got the tennis right in that, definitely. Uh, I think movies like North Dallas 40 was an amazing football movie. Uh, that then, those uh, are good though because they're not really necessarily serious. They're, yeah, or they're slap, slap shots. Right. Slap shots, tremendous, tremendous. Yeah, and I think you know, like Caddyshack has gone down. In it, it's, I think it is the most popular sports movie of all time, uh, because it just keeps it keeps on having a life uh, for the you know it's like Rocky Horror Picture Show where people put it on. You know, and it just, it goes and just will, you know, it's a train that's never going to stop. Uh, Rockies, all the Rockies. Yeah. I mean, obviously the, yeah, Rockies are great. I mean, not all of them, but they got better and then they got really bad. Uh, <laughs> uh, Rocky five is not great. Um, I think, yeah, it's a good, yeah, it's a really good quiet. I mean, there's been. There's really crappy movies about sports and really great ones. And, you know, it comes down to uh, is there a good director and a good writer and and all that stuff? Because, like, you loved Bull Durham, but you knew they got a lot of the, you know, a lot of the uh, sports wrong. I mean, it's like you look at something like Teen Wolf and Michael J. Fox is playing basketball and he's clearly not a basketball player. He's a great hockey player, ironically, uh, but he was not a good basketball player in his day. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like something, you know, I think that last dance, I mean, that's not a movie, but it was incredibly well done. I agree. Uh, and it, it was perfectly put together and really, I mean, so, uh, boy, I mean, I, I even thought that basketball was funny. Obviously that's, uh, very, but those are the uh, South Park guys. Uh, I think, I mean, I think that it was funny. So I don't know. Uh, boy, it's good. It's a good question. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, 
I, lo- I, I love the I love that you brought up last dance. I thought it was great because I could sit there and listen to the greatest basketball player ever talk candidly. Yeah. And it's it's not one of those where, oh, you're awful full of yourself. It's like, no, that's real. They got one of Bonds coming out. I can't wait to watch it. Jeter's got a little bit of critique. The captain. I watched it. I watched it uh, start to finish. I thought it was well done, too. And I really liked uh, there was a cool side of Jeter that I thought nobody, you know, you don't get to see Jeter's pretty good. He's close to the best, but it kind of opened him up a little bit. I thought it was cool seeing a little more personality from him. I, I love stuff like that. The documentaries where they just sit down and, you know, whatever it may be. I'm really looking forward to the bond. Yeah, that, I, I like that, stuff like that. I mean, that team, I mean, I, I, I think I was the, one of the only people ever to wear a Mariner hat to Yankee Stadium and – and root for the Mariners while the, you guys were playing. Uh, to me, that New York team was as legendary as the Seattle team, as far as names go. And it might right. have also been the time I was, you know, I didn't have kids. I, yeah, I, we, I was in my 20s, so I was in, seriously invested. And uh, so I, you know, I count those days as like these amazing glory days of baseball in Seattle in the 90s and early 2000s but uh yeah you forget that you don't forget but like jeter was like the king of new york i mean that guy couldn't walk down you couldn't walk down the street and uh so uh it was yeah who would have what a great time i mean those times happen over and over and then or happen to other cities and obviously with the seahawks winning the super bowl and being as great as they were for as many years it was glory days and so i boy i love all that stuff and even i got i was so mad when the sonics got sold and i was living in i was living in i was living here and the lakers were so good and people like you a lakers fan now i'm like i I, no and they were like well who's your team oklahoma i'm like no and then of course i pretty much became a lakers fan and i've gotten some i got to know Shaq a little bit and i'm like i love you guys Fuck it. Yeah, I'm a Lakers fan. I don't know when a team's coming back, but until then, go Lakers. Uh, but yeah, we, we, we live. So when I know as, as Americans, we complain about everything, rightfully so. We have a lot to complain about. But uh, when they dig us up, they're going to look back on how much we loved our sports and how much we loved our, you know, entertainment and stuff like that. And so just to be, like you said, like being out on that field like two weeks ago, I was like, cannot believe I'm this is so great and can't believe I'm here and I can't believe and a ball just rolled right by me and <laughs> boom gave me a stink eye like I can I was like that that look could have just lasered through a battleship it was, it was so great and I, I, after that I, I was like well you better get a home run here and make up for this so you did. I'll tell you, you guys were good. I was shocked more than anybody about that because I'll be honest, I'm sitting there, I'm in the locker room. You know, we had that pregame and now we're up, you know, taking pictures with the belt and all that stuff. And I'm, I'm really thinking, all right, uh, Zach Levine, he's, he's going to be fine. You know, I, I knew kind of how the, right. Everybody, I didn't realize everybody was going to do that well. I mean, and I went into it, I got on the field and they're asking me a question. I said, well, this sounded like a great idea two months ago now that I'm here. And actually we have a pretty good crowd. They yep. expect I, and I'm leading off for us and I'm going, 
Cameron sitting there telling me, Buddha, you have to hit a homer. I said, well, they kind of expect me to, but now I'm feeling a little bit of pressure in a softball game. But by the end of the game, and we ended up winning, by the way, for those that that missed our our great uh, show a couple weeks ago, we we ended up winning (laughs) 21-19. And at the end of the game, I could genuinely say, I could genuinely smile and said that was kind of fun, and I didn't expect it to be fun. It was entertaining. I thought the no, the the non baseball players, football, basketball. I think everybody did great. The YouTuber was unbelievable. He came out of yeah. nowhere, and I'm just going, "Wow, these guys were a lot better than I thought." And I actually had a good time, and I didn't think I was going to say that. I mean, and that I mean, when each inning was like eight runs apiece, it was. Yeah. I was like, oh, is the audience getting bored? <laughs> they loved it. Did you walk? Did you have any fans come up to you and say, comment on the softball game? Because I was there the next couple of days doing all the, the media stuff. And I had fans come to me and say, you know, we went for the Futures game to watch the, the, the young kids. Yeah. And, you know, we stayed for the softball game. And to be honest with you, we had no idea what to expect. Yeah. And it, it was really entertaining. That was a lot of fun. I said, that's the same reaction I had. I didn't know what to expect. I ended up having... Uh, like a good time, legitimate good time, yep. and I'm not just saying that. There was a, there was a lot. I did the Dodger one the year before. Yeah, and Bad Bunny was in it. Yeah, who's and he's like he's got like 47 million Instagram followers, and they almost sold out the place, Dodger Stadium, and and we we were all there, and I was like, what's happening? Yeah, uh, and I mean I, I mean uh, what is it? T-Mobile was. I mean, it was, there was a, yeah, there was a shit ton of people. I couldn't believe it. And I was like, I mean, I can believe it, but it was like, wow, this is, that, that, and Latin, two weeks ago was so special because I was like, I'm in my hometown, in my hometown stadium. I'm playing baseball with these legends that I grew up with. There's freaking Bobby Wagner, who's back on the scene. Yeah. And of course, every time, like anybody who wants, like, Joel, can I get, Jojo Siwa's uh, autograph. And I'd be like, let me go ask. I'll see what Jojo says. Go she is it. she is 20. Yeah. Uh, and she did well. She, she did. Yeah. There weren't too many. And, and the people that did, there was very few, didn't do well. They will, they'll remain unnamed. Uh, but for the most part, I, I was overly impressed with the, the quality. There was a couple yeah. plays made. We we're a little shabby in the field. Yeah, but and then there was these that boys guy. were raking. They were hitting. Yeah, and then there was the guy uh, who won the contest to be. Yeah, the- Dwayne. Dwayne, I think. What a delight! Was his name. What a delightful person. Yeah, and it, it, thinking you were excited to be there. That's your home. Your your, your home city uh, team. You've watched a ton. Yeah, and you're on the field. Imagine that guy. He's getting. He's getting to hang out with Joel McHale. I, got, I thought the umps, I was like, guys, let us play. There was a couple of things like, oh, you didn't tag. I was like, you didn't tag the bag. I'm like, what are you guys? <laughs> it's only five innings. It's an exhibition. Yeah, I was like, what are you guys? I get it. You're, you're major league umps, but this is a celebrity game. She hit the bag. Come on. And I'm like, they called the, what's her name? Natasha. One of the, she's a, she was an Olympic softball player. They were like, hey, you didn't oh. hit it hit third when you uh, hit your home run. I'm like, what the? Yeah, Watley. Watley was her name. Yeah, she was a sweetheart too. By the way, uh, yeah. I yeah, I had a lot of fun. Uh, I love 
Tino, obviously, is a fan. You're a fan of Tino. Tino came up. He was just ahead of me coming to the Mariners, went on to New York. Yeah. You talk about those great venues. You know, I, I can't tell people. I've been disappointed more times than most at Yankee Stadium in the postseason. They whooped us when I was at the Braves in 99. Seattle, obviously, they broke our heart in 2001. But you're right. Those. And for me, we're having tomorrow. Uh, David Cohn's coming on. And, you know, I'm reading his byline, and the first thing I see is five-time World Series champion. And you're like. And I'm like, it's unbelievable. I was at the game, and uh, during that or during the All-Star week, uh, I got to catch up with Tino. He was in town. And Jeff Nelson. And they both have four rings from their run. I think Tino, Tino might have five. No, Tino's got four. But I, I heard them talking about it, And it makes you kind of look back to that to that time. And you're right. That Yankee team, they were together for about, you know, they had that core together for five, six, maybe eight years. And then they had a lot of parts that they would add to it every single year. But that group, uh, I had all the respect in the world for that group, what they did on the field. I couldn't stand them. Yeah. But, I, man, were they good. And, and it only comes – I mean, they won – they won in 1998, 1999, and two. They went back to back to back. And, and once in a while, I'll talk to one of those guys on that team. I said, do you realize how special that was and how ridiculous it is? The rest of us trying to just win one, and you're going back to back to back. Pretty pretty awesome stuff. Yeah, man. and of course, the fans in New York are like, oh, we couldn't win in 2001. Right. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It. It's unbelievable. You do a podcast, the darkest timeline. There's well, a zil. We used to. We oh, you're it. not doing it anymore. No, okay. we haven't done it for a couple of years. We used to. Ken and I did it during the pandemic, and uh, it was because Ken's a doctor, uh, and so we would spend the first thirty minutes of the podcast just talking about that was before any vaccines, before it, it was just everyone was learning everything. So we would just be like here's what I learned and here's what you learned and let's talk about it for half an hour. And then we would bring a guest on. It was really fun. A million podcasts out there. What makes a good podcast? Uh, the clothes. I think how you dress, yeah. the makeup, the hair, as you can see, I've really spent my time getting ready for this one. Uh, no, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's magic in a bottle and Ken and I had a great time. Uh, and I, well, Ken and I, I think we genuinely liked each, we generally like each, genuinely like each other. And, and that helps, that helps. We are very, we were very interested in the subject matter. And so that was, uh, that, that also helped. And we were inviting our, it was mostly entertainment friends, but, uh, like we ended up talking to Shaq for like an, like 90 minutes. And that was really cool. And we went, we did a deep dive and, uh, that was really fun. And then, uh, yeah, that it was, yeah, it was just that, that wild time during the pandemic when we were like, what's happening? What are we doing? And so of course, Ken and I being the maniacs that we are, since nobody was working, we're like, like, well, let's do our podcast. And sadly we both got super busy and, uh, we should have stuck with it probably because we would have our, you know, the Joel and Ken private jet company. Wait, kidding. No. Uh, but, you know, you get like that. What is it? The, uh, you know, Will Arnett and Sean Hayes and uh, Jason Bateman's podcast is, you know, it's fantastic. Or Zach, uh, Dak Shepard's is, you know, like that. there's 
you just never know what's going to make it. If I knew it, I could to make a great one because I've thought about going back and doing more, but uh, of doing, you know, something like that. But uh, I'm uh, my ADHD is too, uh, you know, scrambling for me to focus on anything for more than, you know, 10 minutes. It's great. Well, I'm glad, you know, today it was a special one because we not only do we get Joel McHale, but we got Gaylord Perry as well. And Gaylord been, Perry. I've sure. been trying to get him got for a while. For putting Vaseline on the balls. <laughs> whatever. whatever. Joel McHale, I appreciate you coming on the Boone podcast. This was a lot of fun. And let's I go uh, to, uh, let's go to uh, Knife in Dana Point and get a steak. John Tess. I love it. No, I'd love to do it. Stay in touch. I appreciate it. all all uh all the success success in the world to you going forward. Well, but thank I, you. let's hope this strike ends soon and uh, everybody gets, you know, what they want. And, and, and I think I did a pretty good job today with staying away yeah, you from, did a great job. from, from, uh, topics that we're not supposed to talk about. I know all about strikes. I, w- I was on strike in 94. We get a world series canceled. We came back, but no, I, in a, on a serious note, I appreciate you coming on. It's a lot of fun for all you listening to the Boone podcast or watching the Boone podcast out there. I appreciate you watching and listening and we'll see you next time. 2400 sports is an odyssey company. 